Through the Looking Glass, I think, is some sort of literary uh, reference. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm sad that you don't know that. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I just said that. I thought it was. I don't know what it is, nor what it's a, Well, it's it a means. blatant one. That's why I'm, yeah. Well. So, yeah, there is a very recent movie that came out with this title that is based off of the same book. And you're still like, oh, that, that rings a faint bell. <laughs> I mean, did, did you read the book? I feel like maybe, is it a book or a poem? Or I mean, It sounds like it could be anything. It's, it's a little bit of both because of who wrote it. Uh, that gives me no more information than I had five seconds ago. <laughs> well, you're about to get all of it. As you know, this is the measure of an episode where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek proper Star Trek. And not just, oh man, espionage? Another yeah. heist episode? Uh, or like the 1980s film Vice Versa. No, not at all like that. Sorry, I got my, uh, got my 80s movies confused. Uh, we're going to make sure and cut this out right away. <laughs> well, I, I was doing like, oh, he kind of switches bodies with his other guy, but that's not the case. He doesn't switch bodies. He just goes over there and pretends well, to be And when else. you said vice versa, I was thinking Miami Vice. So I was like, that wasn't a movie, Paul, but... <laughs> Miami we're, Vice We're versa. just all over the place. <laughs> I feel like you just invented the most genius new television animation uh, on Fox. It doesn't, no, just it doesn't even have to be animation. Just two kids replace their cop parents <laughs> and they have to go do... They have to patrol the beat or whatever. Oh, I was thinking that the two guys in Miami Vice would switch places and realize that their lives are inherently similar. So they don't really notice for a couple of weeks. And they're like, wait a minute. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sleeping with this wife tonight. All right. <laughs> I'm wearing the other pink jacket. Uh... <laughs> That's how they know. Wait a minute. I always wear the green jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Something's fishy here. I don't know why he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> Well, Don Johnson and the other guy. Well, it, that's the name of the show, isn't it? Brooklyn Vice? Like it says right in the title. Brooklyn Vice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's the name of him. Like his name is Brooklyn Johnson. I'm like, that's definitely not his name. <laughs> no, it's Brooklyn Hudson. And the criteria by which we judge these episodes <laughs> is, number one, is there an exploration of science fiction in the episode? Number two, is this exploration novel or unique? In some way. Number three, is there a, a tale of morality exposed by any of the characters or just the general theme? I am Paul. And I am Jonathan. And if you listened to last week's episode, you will know that this week we watched Through the Looking Glass. Deep Space Nine? Is that the one? No, you're looking up. You're looking yeah, it up. Line. Deep Space Nine, yep. season three. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Cisco. My turn. Come on. All right. And it was Through the Looking Glass. Uh, episode 19. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to remember what my order was. Through the Looking Glass. Episode 19. Season 3 of DS9. And the blurb says, Cisco is abducted by a double of O'Brien, who takes him to the mirror universe that Kira and Bashir visited a year ago. I don't think it's fair to call him a double. It's not. Yeah, a, he's go. not a double. He's, I mean, counterparts? That would have been a better word to use? Yeah. That would have been good. Yeah. Uh, the O'Brien counterpart right. from the mirror universe. Yep. But... I mean, this person probably didn't get past these, the uh, the open, the cold open, so doesn't know that he's not a double. He just said, oh, uh, O'Brien wouldn't normally take Cisco hostage, so it uh, must be some sort of double, some sort of clone that has been raised. Or it was the last blurb that he had to write for the night, and he just could not think of a better word for it. He's like, it's an O'Brien. 
doppelganger. I do like no, that he's, that's, that's all he does all day is write blurbs. And he's just had 12 hours of blurb <laughs> writing. He says, I've had enough. I can't, yeah. I can't be forced to come up with a better word than double. Well, I, I, I feel like that's got to be somebody's job where their, their job is to write blurbs. I mean, maybe it's not, you know, their, their job all the time where, you know, what do they do with their blurbs for Netflix episodes? But based on the blurbs on Deep Space Nine, it is very clear that this person watches only the cold open and doesn't watch the entire episode. <laughs> or they could be going from the script. I don't know how they would do this because there are longer blurbs about you could go to star trek.com and read the actual synopsis and it would be a, a, a much more in-depth exploration <laughs> of the episode but i can't tell if they're just copying and pasting the first sentence from the star trek blurb i mean well that's enough right that and also there there is a tv guide blurb as well that you can find online i mean you know maybe not when these were first developed but um but they are out there. You can find out what the original like two to three sentence was that you would find in that little book for mm. our mm. listeners who are <laughs> were were born in two thousand. <laughs> uh, there was a book that you could get every week by the cashier at a grocery store. A cashier was the person who actually did what the self checkout now does. <laughs> Wait, is the self is, is the self checkout the thing you do at your house? You mean like when you're checking out on Amazon? Is that what you mean by self checkout? I mean that's. That's what's what, that's what you right, need, right? Yeah. What do you mean you have to go so somewhere? Way back yeah. in the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. We actually had to go <laughs> to the store. <laughs> okay. So you didn't know if they had what you were looking for. Sorry. <laughs> it actually meander this entire gigantic 10,000 square foot area <laughs> for the eggs. Um, I had another problem with this blurb. So it, does it happen often that they actually mention a time frame? Because it says the who takes them to the mirror universe that Kira and Bashir visited a year ago. And it's just weird. Mm -hmm. that it was like a year ago. And then in the show, he's like, are you from the same alternate universe that my officers went to a year ago? <laughs> and I was like, a year ago. First of all, is he just being kind of vague? It's like, eh, it was almost a year ago. Maybe it was nine months. Maybe it was... 14 months but right. give or take or was it a year to the day and he's just that on it with his schedule <laughs> i happen to be going through my previous commander logs it's so strange that you showed up today because i today's the exact day a year ago it's like smiley i got you something <laughs> and it's not even last year it's a year ago it's so specific for no reason right unless they did this every season Every year, it's like, well, I guess we can expect that O'Brien's going to show up with something and kidnap one of us, so we should be ready because <laughs> it happens every year. I, I feel like unless they're going to do that, that's so good. Yeah, it would be much better, much yeah. better. Um, but no, they they don't do this every year. Uh, I think they go back like once or twice more through the series, but it's not uh, it's not every other season or anything like that. I think there's one season where they go twice, and that's the only that's the last time they do it on DS9. So they they go the most in DS9. But it wasn't an annual, you know, it wasn't, um, what's that, Grateful Day or whatever the Bajoran annual celebration is <laughs> that we only see once. Grateful Day. I think that might be it. It's something like that. <laughs> it's something they came up with on the spot and did not workshop at all. They're just like, yeah, Grateful Day. Yeah, that's right. fine. Throw it in. We just need it for this episode. And then even though it's an annual thing, we're never going to talk about it again. Exactly. So anyway, yeah. So that's, it, it, you're right. It is weird that it, you know, they're like, to the, to the day. Why? <laughs> Today's the anniversary. I know, I'm the same thing. How strange. But 
the episode does not begin with O'Brien kidnapping Cisco to go to this alternate universe. It starts with a completely unrelated, completely unnecessary thing with Quark and his vol fight thing. And it's it's just totally unnecessary. All we had to do was just have Cisco walking to the bridge, maybe saying hi to Odo or something as Odo so you can establish that Odo was not on the bridge and would take care of it. Do they have bridges? I don't know. Doesn't matter. But the point is, could have cut this whole quark business at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have mattered mm-hmm. at all. So by by the way, no. Uh so he says at the end, uh in sort of a the writers doing their thing where they say, or Quark says, it's just going to break his hearts that mm-hmm. he can't race his voles or whatever he's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the situation here? Is it that the Ferengi have miraculously adopted the same parlance of broken heart, that whole concept uh, in their language development? So we, we simultaneously in parallel as humans and as Ferengi developed that same general idea? Or is it that the universal translator performed just a bad translation? It didn't get it right. Because let me tell you something, Jonathan. It is not that it's just <laughs> lazy writing. That they just decided to, oh, let's tack on an S onto a uh, human saying. And that will be enough to make sure that everybody knows that Quark is not human. And in fact, an alien. It's not that. It's one of the other previous two things that I mentioned. It's not that it's lazy writing. So which one is it? Uh, I would I would say that it's the the translator picking the best expression in English uh, for what for what Quark actually said. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because clearly what he would have said is something about how he would he would rack up debt or he would not make a profit out of this. Well, it actually is, begs the question though, a grander question of. Is the universal translator always working or have they all – because they all lived kind of on the same base. Well, exactly. They all exactly live on the same base, not kind of. Uh, that they're all kind of speak the same language. You know, If we were to move to Germany, we probably would start speaking German at a certain point. So I wonder in general on, on a base like that where there's tons of people who are just different aliens – is it always running? Are they just always running? And, and Quark is speaking a different language than Odo, than Kira, than, than Bashir, you know, all that. I, 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 that's never really been answered. Maybe it has. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think given the, the transit nature of Deep Space Nine, the fact that it is a way station and, and a kind of, you know, just a, a halfway point for so many different cultures, I think that absolutely the Universal Translators is like one of their top priorities to make sure it's constantly running. And so I think they wouldn't have to learn a universal language on the station, but I would say that the longer you were there, the more universal the colloquialisms would become. But why would they? Because you're speaking your native language. You're not adopted. It's everything is being translated. So maybe there are there are sayings that you would say that tend to give get you a better reaction. Because the translation is better than something else. Right. And so people just aren't looking at you cockeyed. Well, yeah. You know, like you hear you hear Quark say, you know, well, he just is rubbing the olive on the knee. And like that doesn't make any sense in English. So a lady, a lady in the background gasps because that means you know, beating <laughs> off in her language. Right. It's something right, horribly offensive. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think just like in that first year or two, it would just be a matter of kind of uh, kind of what you just said, like understanding which which phrases get better reactions um, and get you more of what you were looking for rather than or 
more of kind of the 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 point across better. You know, not necessarily not necessarily like if I say this, he gives me money, but um, you know, more more of that. Like it's gonna break his heart, like or his heart's. Um, Even when you say it, just then no. it just makes me. It just gives me like heartburn. I hate it. Hearts burn <laughs> because it just it's such a lazy way to to do what the writers were trying to do. I hate it. I hate it. Put me in a bad mood. And this is just the first scene of the show. Right. So can you imagine how yeah, this is going like to go? Yeah, two minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited for this, this analysis. <laughs> so, okay, O'Brien, he takes Cisco uh, to the new or the alternate universe somehow. Apparently, it's very easy to go back and forth. Yeah, which was so obnoxious for that exact reason. It now made it so easy to go back and forth. And if the rebellion figured that out... I know, then, it'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. Well, then that means the oppressors should be able to figure it out fairly quickly as well, which means that they would absolutely start using it to either either attack over here or recruit over here. Yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, I don't – I mean, it would, it, would be, it would be terrible for the show because it would actually become exciting that there was this sort of cross-universe <laughs> war going on. <laughs> and I don't know what they would do if that happened. <laughs> Maybe that's why they nipped it in the bud. Uh, but, but okay. So Cisco, right. they, so O'Brien takes Cisco and Cisco is totally, uh, once again, nonplussed by something fantastic and amazing and awesome happening to him. Number one, it happened in trouble with tribbles or the trial and tri- tribulations where he's just time traveled mm. and effectively gets to go back and, and witness historical events in person. And now he's going to another universe where he gets to see his dead wife and, nonplussed doesn't seem to care doesn't i mean the only thing he cares about is accomplishing the mission that he was in a, mm-hmm. that he wasn't super crazy about doing anyway at the beginning and i don't, I don't know i just don't know if that's just the the stoic nature of ben cisco or if it's just bad writing or a little bit of both <laughs> or if it's bad acting i don't know it's just so weird that he's being put into these situations that anybody on the planet earth would be just astounded the entire time, just baffled right. at what was happening to them, For, especially when seeing a dead relative or wife or spouse or whatever, right? He just doesn't care. He doesn't seem yeah. to care. Like he's not even like, – I was, I was totally expecting there to be some sort of conversation that Cisco would take Jennifer with him back to the future <laughs> and that why not? She was obviously you – know, she, she had nothing to live for. It was kind of a, a crappy time to be a Terran as they were saying. Which I was taking as, a, mm-hmm. as just sort mm-hmm. of another word for someone from Earth, and yes. So why not go to this other place where hey, we get to be married and it's actually nice, and you know the other one died, so you're not going to run into her. Um, I didn't kill her, <laughs> in case that's what you're wondering. <laughs> so don't worry about that. <laughs> and win-win uh, for everybody, you know, because she wasn't super liked by the other people in the resistance. So. And she, because she was working for the people who were killing them, and so I can see why they wouldn't mm-hmm. really want her on their team. So just yeah, go with sure. Cisco. But it wasn't even discussed. Not even discussed. She's like, "Where are you going?" She's like, "I can't tell you." She's like, "Okay, enough said." Yeah, fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> we're married. I know you're not going to see me again, though. I don't know if you're going to see me again. Where are you going? Don't worry about it. It's fine. Right. Okay. Okay. Hey, let's end yeah. the episode now. Okay. Roll the credits. That's fine. <laughs> totally satisfied with that. <laughs> I'm getting a little sarcasm. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole end scene. It's like, I'm going to leave now. Oh, you are? That's too bad. Yeah, okay. Well, I see you again. Eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
What's that over there? But Cisco doesn't care because he's nonplussed. Uh, that should have been the name of this episode, by the way, just nonplussed. Nonplussed. <laughs> well, I, I do agree to a certain extent. To to go back to the, the end point, like, there's no way he would have been able to take Jennifer with him because that just raises way too many questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, here's here's my dead wife from the last four well, years. Well, you could accept that. Why does that have to be a, a secret? Yeah, I took her from another alternate universe. We can do that now. We're doing that now. It's fine. Oh. And, right? Like, I mean, it, it does... I can understand why you want to keep this here because you don't want people just sort of harvesting dead <laughs> dead people from alternate universes and just reinserting them into your life, but right, but because uh, that would be way too interesting uh, for something for this show to do. Well, but it's way too tangential too. Yeah, I, I guess. But how great of an episode would it have been if the first half, or at least the first third of the episode, was O'Brien trying to get Cisco back to the future or back. Forward to the past. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't sound as, doesn't sound as good. <laughs> I can see why they, they landed on Back to the Future. But, right? Like, it would have been so much fun to see them do crazy science fiction procedural of it's not just, oh, let's, let's, let's take a trip around the sun and all of a sudden we'll be back to exactly where we need to go, right? Mm-hmm. Why, not, mm-hmm. why not take a little bit of time and have it not just be that? Because it's not like a lot happens in the episode. Right. So just really quick, just to land on that, like we'll, we'll talk about it at the end, but this was, this was not a sci-fi, this was not just a proper Star Trek episode. Definitely not. Right? It could have been, it was yeah. very close to being one. Um, but, and I, I do wonder if the one a year ago was actually very science fiction based and if maybe they explored a little bit more of how to go into an alternative universe. I don't think so. I, I really feel like most of the episodes when they go into the mirror universe, it's just, there was a transporter malfunction. Wait, is it mirror? Somebody said the wrong incantation. I guess it says, it says yeah. mirror, but I'm getting the sense it's just an alternate universe. Don't they even say alternate universe in this episode uh they might but it is it is the mirror universe it's the same one where where kirk because the all of the all of this separation and rebellion and oppression and alliance and all that kind of thing um it it stems from kirk going over to the mirror universe okay i didn't know that i didn't didn't, that wasn't clear and from the blurb (laughs) (laughs) and you're like i read that blurb so many times to try and understand reference it many times yep it did I not reveal anything. Poured over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I see. I don't. Again, I don't know if the previous one was like this. But the way that Kira is just hamming it up, and Bashir. Now, yeah, Bashir is hamming it up. Like Kira feels like she's playing Cleopatra on the holodeck. Mm-hmm. Bashir mm-hmm. feels like he's playing Pirates of the Caribbean with his like kind of piratey shirt. That's like not. It's like part open. I guess that's maybe that's something that I don't know. Anyway, he's like got long hair. And his mascara, right? Like <laughs> yeah. uh, he he was the one with the mascara. Yeah. I don't okay. uh, yes. I mean, of course. But of course. It, uh, but just it <laughs> just there's somebody who's going to be wearing mascara. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like the type. But it just feels a little bit like a holodeck novel because the, it felt as though they I were totally playing that, yeah. the novelty of the differences between the universes instead of emphasizing the stakes. Because Kira right. was very over the top in the way that she was like villainous. It was almost like she was mm-hmm. a comic book mm-hmm. villain. And Bashir was being the same yeah. way as sort of the shady, I will probably double cross you throughout the course of this episode type of character. Um, right. And it didn't, it just felt like, why are we leaning into that and not, my wife is still alive and maybe I should bring her back or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's not just them 
getting to play Pirates of Penzance. Okay, so two things happen when Cisco gets to the past. Like, I don't know why it's like it registered as like him time traveling for some reason. I don't know why. But so he gets. Well, because his wife is there. Like, that totally makes yeah, sense. That makes I sense. get that. Good, good point. Good point. Um, so he gets to the past, and some crazy stuff happens. Number one, uh, Tuvok is there. Very interesting. Yep. Except doesn't need to be there because he's in two scenes. He gives some sort of expository dialogue and has no role mm-hmm. to play. It could be pl- his role, his words, also known as dialogue, could be said by anybody and it wouldn't matter. Yes. That was just stunt casting because right. he happened to be walking by that day. And they're like, oh, Tim Russ, do you have time for five minutes of lines? He's like, yes. Do you have $10,000? And they were like, yes. <laughs> and that was all that happened. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> he puts his hand over his ear. <laughs> um, no, actually, I mean, you're, you're not too far off, but what, what happened was he, um, whoever the, the showrunner is of both of them, um, I think it was Rick Berman. He, because Voyager, this was the first season of Voyager, um, he said that he wanted to have Tuvok in the mirror universe being a part of the rebellion. Oh, so that would be the second. And I wonder, are we supposed to ask questions as, as to if he is a plant or a mole of some kind or a vole? Right. Uh, yeah. Since, right. Since he was a plant in the, in the in original Voyager. Voyager. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting to me that, that who knows if we were supposed to, because it never, comes it never up comes again. up again. Yeah. That's, that's shocking by the way. And so he gets to, uh, have sex with Dax. And I was like, oh, yeah, he does. how is he going to get out of this? And it's like, oh, he's just not going to get out of it. <laughs> he's just going <laughs> to. <Right. laughs> That's how he's going to do totally. it. Totally. So I'll bet he doesn't call her old man uh, in this particular scenario. What if, what if he what if she asked him to? Hmm. He, like they're in the middle of it and he hasn't said it yet. And he's like, you usually call me old man. This is very suspect. Very strange. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just going back to Tuvok for a second, because I do want to talk about the sex thing. Uh, but they they had a plant. It was Quark's brother, right? Yeah. And they could have easily made that Tuvok just to have that parallel. And they didn't. Well, because they would have to have killed Tuvok. I guess that'd be okay. Well, yeah, it's not like he was coming back again. I, I was thinking like, well, then he wouldn't be able to go work on Voyager. I'm like, oh, this is make-believe. He won't actually be dead. <laughs> right. But my brain actually did that. My brain was like, but then there wouldn't be any Tuvok. I'm like, oh, wait, no. Such a huge continuity yeah. error, Donovan. Like, <laughs> that doesn't work at all. No. What are you, an idiot? That's not how life works. <laughs> well, apparently that's how that's what you want to do. Just have people hop over to the, the mirror universe to pick up their dead people. I do. I feel like if this was – if considering how easy it is to travel between – mirror universes or whatever they're yeah, called. Yeah, right. Uh, Ugh, they would be doing so this. So frustrating. And I, I would think that once Cisco got back to, his, to the future, that he would immediately regret not bringing her with him. Also, why can't he just make visits all the time for some, what do they call that? Bang time? What's it called? Booty call. There we go. Conjugal? Oh, okay. Is it conjugal <laughs> if you're not incarcerated? Like, are you, are, is know. sex just conjugal all the time and we just don't call it that because it's, that's what prisoners do? Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> What are we talking about? Dax? <laughs> so we're doing a Tuvok. podcast. No. Yeah. So, okay. So Tuvok, are you done with Tuvok? <laughs> uh, always, but yeah, okay. I can be. Okay. You don't have to be. I just was asking. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm done with Tuvok. Okay, good. He's my favorite character on Voyager. Did you know that? Actually, is that true? I, 
<laughs> no, the Doctor is also one of my favorite. He's also my favorite. So Tuvok and the Doctor are my favorite characters. So pretty much all the characters. All the characters. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. Those are just my my two favorite below Janeway because Janeway is everybody's. <laughs> well, she's so smart. Yeah, she's the smartest person yeah. on on, on, the, on the show. <laughs> but so it does seem like that that Cisco was he he had a little conversation in his in his head when he was about to have when when. Dax decides that they're going to have sex now. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. That he was maybe briefly saying, this is, this is immoral for me to do this. Even though I am Ben Sisko, the same person who would have been having sex with Dax, it's still immoral because she thinks you're somebody totally different. <laughs> right? Totally immoral. Absolutely. Yep. But yep. he just leans into it. I feel like what we're supposed to come away with is that this is something Sisko has always wanted to do. And he finally gets a, a way to do it without consequences. At all? Is that? I, I could see that. I mean, yeah, with how quickly he he did the heel turn, I, I think that could have absolutely been the, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it I just seems like that's, if we're going to dive deep into the character of Ben Sisko, it seems like he was fine with taking a hit for the team morally uh, to maintain his cover. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and he's, he has already, I mean, he will, he will prove in a later episode that he is fine with, um, compromising his morals when it comes to getting the job done. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely was something that he liked, he liked it. He He was fine with it. Yeah. He liked it. Yeah. You know, because it it very much, well, so Avery Brooks, he, he loved this episode because, and we'll probably talk about this too, but, uh, because Cisco finally had sex, not once. But twice. <laughs> Wait, who was the? Oh, with Kira, right? I was yeah. like, oh, Brian, I don't remember that scene happening. Maybe it happens like an off screen. <laughs> uh, I wish I could quit you. <laughs> That's how they jump back and forth between universes. Is it? Well, this is the only way we know how. <laughs> so, top or bottom? Your choice. <laughs> uh, what if it wasn't? Not his choice? Oh, well, yes. Yeah. Well, like you, Miles always had to be the bottom. <laughs> He's like, do we do we have to keep doing? He's like, okay, well, here's the upside: you get to have sex with whoever you want to in this mirror universe, and here's the downside: <laughs> there is a catch. Yeah. Maybe not a downside because there may be some people who would enjoy that, but but maybe not what you were expecting as uh, as transit has you know led us to believe. What we expect from transit between universes is not what you think it is. These days, right? Our budget is very low, so this is the only thing we can come up with. <laughs> so you're talking? All right, I was thinking in universe they discovered this, but you're talking the writer is going to Cole Meany and like, look, the budget's really tight. We don't have special effects. <laughs> it's kind of the same conversation the writers would have with Cole Meany as O'Brien would have with Cisco. <laughs> Yes, is, is that what we? Find? Yes, yes, that is what you have to do. He takes his hand away from his ear. Yeah. Oh, um, and so then the episode ends. Actually, there's kind of a fun, there's kind of a fun rescue thing that happens that has nothing to do with with science fiction per se, but it's kind of a fun right. uh, way that Cisco gets out of this. You know, he 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 outsmarts them. And I like that was fu- the fun part for me. I didn't like all the stuff that came before it, but the that that whole section where they're trying to escape and they get cornered and then he has an idea and they let him come in. Why they wouldn't all just start coming in, just firing wildly 
at the because they don't care about anybody in that room at that point. I thought I thought they still cared about the. Um, it Jennifer. was unclear if they knew Jennifer had betrayed them or if they actually thought that she was a hostage. To me, I didn't know if Kira when she came up was like, right. "Oh, Jennifer, you're okay." That's so great to hear. Like if that was sort of sarcasm that she knew that she had. You know, right. I didn't know. I didn't. I felt mm-hmm. like I maybe I mm-hmm. missed something at a certain point. Um, but. But yeah, so I don't know. They just just start firing because they're going to kill everybody anyway. So I don't. But that, then you would have not had that good double cross or just a cross. Uh huh. Wouldn't have been a double cross. I guess it was a double cross. Maybe I don't know. No, not a double cross. Just a cross. She did. He just crossed them. <laughs> he didn't lie though. That's that's what that's the implication of a cross. He didn't lie to them. He just said, "No, I set the the destruct system to go off, and then I changed the code." So. If let us go, or why, by the way, not, why not just let it explode? <laughs> There's no innocent people on this space station. Just let it explode. <laughs> Problem solved. You would kill all of the uh, the leaders. Why wouldn't he just um, let it self destruct after it gets away? I know. Yeah, there was there was nothing. Cause yeah, like he, there was no yeah no there was no innocent. There weren't. Pri- oh, there were prisoners. There were. So that's why they didn't do that. Because they're like, you can. We should guess, execute but- these. They, she says it just as sort of as set dressing or character dressing that Kira orders these three innocent people to be killed because it keeps all the other workers in line that actually happens. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there were people there. That's why they didn't blow it up. I guess. I don't know if they were thinking yeah, that way. Right. But I mean, Cisco has already compromised his morals considerably at this point. <laughs> why not just blow everybody up? Because he, he doesn't live there. Like it's the mirror universe. He can do whatever he wants there with no consequence. Well, and he has that attitude at the beginning. Ryan says to Cisco, we are in terrible dire straits, dire straits here. Please help us. People are dying. He's like, this is not my problem, mm-hmm. sir. Not my problem at all. Right. He's like, well, your wife is involved. He's like, oh, okay. Now all those people who are going to die, now they matter to me because <laughs> my wife is involved. So you're right. He has no no morals whatsoever because he sleeps with two or three people. Well, yeah, he's got <laughs> well, he's got no skin in the game, so he could easily just be as destructive as he wants. You know, <laughs> destroy the entire the the, the entire. Base, what am I trying to say? No, not the base. Like I was going to do an analogy of like destroying, like just destroy all the toys in the playroom and then walk out. Like it's not your place. Yeah. I mean, the problem with that is though, just because their lives and an alternative in an alternative universe doesn't mean they don't necessarily matter. They're just as good as lives that are in your real universe of people who you don't know. And by the way, he knows all of them, theoretically speaking. But he has been told repeatedly that these are not the same people. Yeah, I guess. I I would not think that Ben Sisko would, because it's a different universe, would have no value for the people, for the lives of the people in that universe, even though I hate but, him. Right, but he, <laughs> but what he's doing is like he's he's solving the problem in a way that only he can. Right. It's logical to assume that all those people would die anyway at a certain point because Kira seems to be a very unstable tyrant. And right. so maybe you're – and they mm. seem to just be slaves anyway, so put them out of their misery. It's not going to – unless they rescued all of them because there was a, a group of them where he says, everybody come with me if you want to leave this place. And then they just leave. And so I don't know if that was all of them. Uh, <laughs> right. There's one person like, no, it's against the rules. I'm staying here. No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> the exo cop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it from here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're right. But you're right. He doesn't seem to have many morals in this story. And by the way, there were like Klingons who were helping the, what do they call The Alliance, which was kind of cool because there was the what? There, there were the Cardassians. There was, mm-hmm. what is Kira? What kind of race is she? Uh, Bajorans. Bajorans and Klingon, as far as I could tell. And one human named Jennifer. 
I'm, I missed the Klingon. Who was the there Klingon? were a couple Klingons that I feel like I saw. Maybe I didn't. In the concentration camp or in On the, the base. I feel like he killed – somebody killed a Klingon and shot them or something like that. And then there was another one that came in that final confrontation room where he sets off the okay. the self-destruct thing. Right. Hmm. Okay. By the way, it's not really self-destruct, is it? Because someone else had to do it. It's just destruct. Like someone else – it's not so, – if someone were to shoot a torpedo at the base – that's the same thing that Cisco did, effectively. It's just yeah, destroyed. but you do have to activate it, right? But the, the base itself didn't didn't <clears throat> auto destruct itself. It's not like I've had enough of this. I can't take it and just offed it. That would be self destruct. <laughs> Am I splitting hairs here? <laughs> I, I mean, a, a little bit, and I do see your point. But like, can you can you imagine how horrible that would be? <laughs> You're kind of implying that your your base is sentient. Well, in a way, it is. I can't imagine that it's not. I mean, they're saying that by 2050, we're going to have some sort of crazy AI that's going to enslave all of humans. So the idea that, that in 300 years, there wouldn't be a base that would have some sentience of some kind, the computer or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe okay, that's, that's never right, really, right. I guess with data, it is where he's a computer who is sentient. But it's never really mm-hmm. talked about that any kind of artificial intelligence as a computer, the, the, well, like the computers that they talk to, they're not they, – you get the impression yeah. they're just sort of automatons, that they're not – actually, you couldn't mm-hmm. carry on a conversation with the computer. It's just there to answer questions and provide service. Right. But then I would think that even in the later uh, modern Star Trek stuff, that they would in some way broach that. Maybe they kind of do in, in Picard, but not really. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's not really about the like the ship's computer. It is just about the the droids that they made. Exactly, the cyborgs and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, is that how they got the word Borg? Is by cutting off the psi and the cyborg? I'm almost positive. Yes. How did I just think of that, or not think of it? Just realize that. <laughs> is that something that, you, that like it's it's both genius and so lazy? Right. It's so lazy. Wait a minute. Is that how they came up with the word Borg? I thought Borg was like, oh, that's so interesting. What an interesting name for sort of a villainous ra- alien race. No, it's not interesting. It's just cyborg. Nope. Somebody, yeah, like somebody saw the word on a whiteboard and was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and it's not even a name that humans gave to it. They call themselves the Borg. Right. We are the Borg. The yeah. hardest working See, this- race uh, in the universe. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better name for themselves. This is why I really believe that Borg should have come from V'ger. Yeah, that would be interesting. Actually, I've been waiting for the modern Star Treks to to talk about the Borg or at least acknowledge the Borg in some way. I guess they kind of have. Why? Well, I mean, Picard did Picard it in did, space. But I don't mean – yes, but I mean actually attacking – like the Borg as a race who are – they want to just attack everybody. Like they weren't – it wasn't – Gotcha, right, like, gotcha. just it was just sort of the aftermath as an actual enemy and not exactly. a plot point. Right. Okay. By the way, it's much too easy in this episode uh, for them, for Cisco and O'Brien, to incapacitate uh, the military race of beings. That was just one punch. They just like they hit them with yes. one punch and they're down for the count. They've been knocked out. Right. Oh yeah, completely. It's like these, these people. <laughs> like they, when oh, when Smiley was working on the. Uh, the computer. Yeah. By the way, I was totally expecting the last scene of this episode to be Cisco showing up in his indigenous universe, encountering um, 
O'Brien, the indigenous O'Brien, and him to call him Smiley. Mm-hmm. And then that would be the end of the... Oh, that would have been so good. Yeah, but it doesn't. Right. That would have been just a neat little... Look. Neat little button little on button. the on the episode. Instead of nothing. Miles walking by, like, where have you been? Oh, you can't imagine the day I've had Smiley. And just, <laughs> you know, and then the, the usual hold on on Cole Meany as he makes the face of, like, what are you, talking you know, about? why did you just call no, him I want No, I want him to have a an angry reaction. Just He just loses it like nobody calls me Smiley. <laughs> Got that? Like, he, 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 like, throws Cisco up against a wall, you know, and, and, like, grabs him by the lapels and pushes him up and just says, look, man, you're my commanding officer, but nobody calls me Smiley. Got it. Clear. <laughs> so we're making this episode so much better. Just it's the little, it's the things. little it's things. Just little little It's tweaks. from it's from the anal sex just to the little references to <laughs> what people call each other at the end of the episode. Did you like this episode? Uh, I did, but like right from the start, I was like, this is not a this is not a special <laughs> episode. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was an okay episode. I was expecting it to be a little bit more heisty. And at the end it was, but mm-hmm. it, it really mm-hmm. wasn't. He has a, a this long conversation with his wife and it, it doesn't, I don't know, it, just, it doesn't. And even the stuff where you're meeting somebody who's been dead for whatever, five years, something like that. There just wasn't even an emotional cathartic release of any kind at right. the, in that moment and at the end. Yeah, nothing nothing like what Jordy got when he got to say goodbye to his mom. Right, exactly. Or all of his holodeck girlfriends. <laughs> That must have been a long conversation. Well, I guess he didn't have it because D was Enterprise D was destroyed so quickly. <laughs> well, he didn't get a chance to say goodbye to any of them. In Jordy's defense, the the when he breaks up with his with his holiday girlfriends, it's not this long drawn out protracted experience. It's end program. You know, that's the conversation when he breaks up with his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, miss you so much. End program. <laughs> end program. Miss you so much. He just turns and walks away. He just end program with his back to her. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a, a badass way of breaking up with somebody. <laughs> <End program. laughs> Makes me want to be single again, just to just to try it out, right. see what happens. I mean, they they'd have to they'd have to do something to warrant that kind of a cold ending. But but yeah. Well, what I would do is I would travel to a, a mirror universe and try it on somebody there where you can just apparently morality is not existent in the mirror universe. Right. Right. Well, then you can be like, I'm Paul's double. Right. <laughs> and be like, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? Double. <laughs> You're genetically the same. End program. <laughs> End program. End program. Run away. <laughs> Maybe we're not as cool in the mirror universe <laughs> as we think we would be. <laughs> is anybody though? I guess Cisco is. Yeah, Cisco gets to bang everybody he's always wanted to. Just a bang fest. All right, so we agree. Not a Star Trek episode. I didn't like it enough to give it a yes, but you said you liked it. Yeah. Um. Well, and you were you were kind of saying how it's just barely not a Star Trek episode, and I'm wondering why you're you're putting it so close to the edge because I feel like it wasn't the the only reason it would have been counted as a, a Star Trek episode in my mind is because um is because of the the traveling to the mirror universe, but that was just hand waved away. Like there wasn't any explanation as to how they did it. Yeah. And that's, the, but that's what I mean by it being close is that they had the opportunity to go through a procedural like that, that they just abandoned. Oh, okay. And okay. it would have been, you could just gotcha. come up with some fun stuff. It didn't have to be the first third. It could just be the first act where O'Brien kidnaps him 
you the first frame we see is Cisco sitting at his desk, gets a call from O'Brien, sir, I need you, please come to the whatever, and it turns out to not be O'Brien, mm-hmm. uh, the real O'Brien, because right. he's naked. He says, you have to come right. with me, but first. <laughs> <laughs> but but th- that could have been the way the episode started instead of this silly quirk stuff that has no bearing on the plot at all. Why not take those three minutes and make it some sort of procedural on how to get them from one place to another. Right. Like why have, why have miles accost Cisco and threaten him with a phaser when you're right. He could have done exactly that. Just said, you know, sir, we need you in ops. Can you come down here for a right. minute or some just random place? They have transporters everywhere mm-hmm. on the base. Didn't have to be on the bridge. Right. Is it a bridge? It's a command center, I guess. And it would have been kind of cool if he, he had already rigged the transporter. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to you take know, even so, more Star Trek or science fiction out of this episode. So I'm kind of, I was kind of okay with him sort of affecting it in some way, but I wanted more of that. I wanted there to be five or six steps to them getting between universes. Well, right. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like he, in, you know, says, sir, I need you. Can you come, come to this area? And like for, for some reason, Cisco has to teleport there. And in so doing, he teleports to the mirror universe. Yeah, something. That would have been something. That probably wouldn't have been enough right. either, but it would have been more than what we got. No, I don't think so. But yeah, so it's a no, no, yes, no. Yeah. I guess let's see what yeah, we're watching good next. Call. Good call. Star Trek, The Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 26, Times Arrow Part 1, which means we'll be doing Season 6, Episode yes. 1, Times Arrow Part Two. Two. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is very exciting. This is a very this is a very, very good, good. Uh, cliffhanger two parter. I remember enjoying this from yeah. my youth, and uh, mm-hmm. and it should be a good one. I yeah I I mean I re- I remember just the conversations, just all of us being blown away, like the fact that Data's head was in the past. Like what Dude, was that spoilers? about? Yeah, spoilers. I didn't know that. Oh, I'm sorry. For those of you who are watching this episode for the very first time (laughs) before you listen to this podcast, yes, that was a spoiler, and I apologize if I just ruined it for you. Okay, the blurb blurb is – maybe this doesn't matter because it's going to spoil it anyway. The Enterprise is called upon by scientists (laughs) to return to Earth when there is evidence that aliens had visited the planet in the late 1800s. And this might be – I don't know. I actually don't know, but this may or may not be a science fi- or a Star Trek episode, a, a proper Star Trek episode, because this might – I know they time travel, spoiler alert, and I don't know if it's one of these things where they time travel and they're just there for the all two episodes and really nothing happens science fiction-y, and then they travel back. And so that's right. not really – that doesn't follow our, our criteria. So we will see. Mm-hmm. It is not a, a home run all the time with Next Gen um, – Oration. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, based on our criteria, it's not like there. There is a chance that this is this is a great episode. I mean, I, I I'm almost positive that it's really well written, but is a proper right. story. We track. don't know. Only, Only one, one way, way to, find, way to out. find out. 